0: Welcome back to Be More Super the podcast, where we explore the world of entertainment with celebrity interviews from your favorite movies and TV shows. So grab your popcorn and let's get to know these stars better and what really makes them super. We are brought to you by PropStore.com, where you can find your very own piece of entertainment memorabilia from screen use props to costumes. Now, here's your host, Brian Garner.
1: So on this week's episode of Be More Super, we are joined by a wonderful director, producer, actress, cinematographer. Uh, There's nothing that this lady can't do. It's Nicole Lear. Nicole, welcome to the show, my love.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today.
1: Oh, You know what? I'm excited as well because, do you know what? It's it's, the great thing about this show. I get a chance to speak to such marvellous people that are quite inspiring as well, Um, you know, with... You know, the work and your life. And, uh, you know, I've got to say, I mean, I don't want to put like a downer straight away on the start of the interview, but it is a positive in my eyes because, you know, before we talk about your directing and your acting, you started life, well, it was a bit of a struggle to say the least. But the great thing to see is that you've come at the other end, you know, stronger. And a lot more drive from what I can see from your IMDB and many interviews I've watched and and, and read on you. Um, I mean, it's up to you if you want to go into details regarding that. Because because for the viewers, it's quite interesting to hear someone that struggled, uh, but obviously fought for what she wanted in life. And, you know, she's reaping the benefits now.
0: Yeah, I'm really opened about, you know, the film industry really truly saved my life. I'm very opened about it. I, I, I share my story because I hope that it'll help other people realize that just because you come from someplace or you've had different things happen to you in the past, that does not determine where you end up. And it's really your choices and your habits and the consistency that you put into your life that will determine uh, what your reality becomes. So I, I'm very open about it. I'm actually writing a book that um, hopefully will be published. Published later this year um, about my life, and and it has a lot of those stories from my earlier days as well, um, which I'm very excited about.
1: Well, I was I was going to say, I mean, re- reading up about about you, I was going to ask, you know, the potential uh, possibility of a book because, you know, it's, it's it's quite inspiring to to read someone's life. I love you. See, I'm not a fiction person. I like autobiographies. But only yeah. of certain people like Michael J. Fox and Christopher Reeve and, and pe- people that's had struggle in their lives and how they've either come to terms with it or overcome it. And it, it, it could be quite helpful for people out there that may be experiencing the same thing or, or has been through the same you know, experience, experience like yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just read uh, Viola Davis's biography, and it really inspired me. And I, I, I truly believe that it's important for us to share as many stories as we can, as long as you're you're comfortable doing that, because I do believe it, it, it does help people. Um, and it's important, especially in this industry, especially in this industry.
1: Mm, definitely. And we're yeah. going to talk about that later down the line, because Hollywood uh, many would say is, is very broken in many ways and it's quite mm. sad because um, you know I see the wonderful work that people are doing like, like, like yourself and, and I just wish that people would listen more in Hollywood and, and start change, changing things but we are going to talk about that. I've got to say as well that um, you quoted in an interview which I thought was fantastic was uh, Barack Obama uh, which yes. i've got to say he's my favorite president today uh e- e- even though i'm from the uk and no american's going to you know listen to me i'm a brit you know what i mean they got rid of us back in the 1600s but but um you the the the, the quote that he said is it doesn't matter where you start it matters where you end up which yes. i think it's beautiful which it's completely true completely yeah. completely true
0: it's- it's just so important. And I and I don't, you know, even though my, my upbringing was um, turbulent at times and quite hard, I'm also grateful for it, which is something that is kind of peculiar to say, because it made me who I am. It made me stronger. And I think Barack Obama's quote, it's, it's just so encompassing of that for me and so much strength. And, you know, what him and Michelle, I really admire them, what they've been through and just how candid they are when they speak and how um, honest I, I feel they are. You know, I, I try to be very diplomatic with politics and stay away from it. You know, I live in a movie world. I like to make movies. And by the way, I love Brits very, very much. I just spent three months in, uh, I know it's not Britain, I was Ireland, but I have actually been uh, to London, England. I was actually on an arranged marriage, believe it or not, oh, wow. um, in, and then abducted into a Sufi cult in 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 England at one point in my life, which will all be in the book. So I'm writing about all of those <laughs> things. So a uh, very interesting life story, very interesting upbringing, but I do believe uh, in those words that O'Brock uh, shares very, very much. It's about where you end up and how you... Mm-hmm. How you create where you end up, because I believe that we're all responsible um, for our own our own reality.
1: Definitely, and I hope not, I
0: didn't slur words. <laughs> no, no, no. And
1: and and not 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 to take a line from a movie, but um, in Gladiator, uh, when Russell Crowe says, "What what what we do in this life echoes in eternity." So it's a, it's about making the most out of this life, so you'll remember. You, you know, you're remembered and you're not you're not forgotten. So you've got to do the best that you can. Um, and I've got kids. So for me, I'm like a memory machine. Uh, so it's my job to make those lasting memories every single day for my girls uh, for the future as well. So why acting? What sparked that decision? Because it's not a, a normal job. And I don't mean to put that down because acting is a won- wonderful job. But why acting?
0: So... You know, I don't know if I remember the exact moment that I decided to become an actor. Like, I remember the exact moment. It was um, in an Oliver Twist play um, in high school. And we did our final bows. And I just remembered more. And I really, um, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. But in terms of like when you're saying like, why acting? And I think that. There was many different things in my life, in my childhood, that led up to me making that decision. I think that some of those things that happened, maybe, you know, daydreaming, playing like you're not in the same reality, all of those things, and just discovering that you can be other people and live other experiences was part of that. Um, Yeah, so I don't know if there's an exact... Answer to that, mm-hmm. I think it's an amalgamation of many different things that happened to me that I decided to do to to do acting and to go into acting, um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, when I started acting, I really said. You know, a lot of people, when you you start working in the industry, especially as an actor, they say that you should have something to fall back on. You should always have a plan B, you know, if, in case it doesn't work out. It's a tough industry. And, and my motto was, well, if I have a plan B, I'll probably fall back on it because this is really hard. So I'm not really um, a champion for for having a plan b do what you want do all the things you want but if you have something to fall back on it you probably will and i never did so i Mm. this had to work for me
1: but i suppose yeah you're right you know if you haven't got a plan b you're going to do everything that you can to make what your plan a is because you've got nothing else uh which is which which is a great i i idea i mean you started out quite young um, I yes. mean, what was that like, um, you know, stepping on set for the very first time at a, such a young age? Because that must have been an, an, an absolute mad experience.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember the day. Um, so when I first started booking, I actually booked like a series of projects all in a row. Um, I booked Edgemont Road, which, which is a TV series that I worked on for five years Then I booked a show called The Sports Pages with Kelsey Grammer. Um, And then there was another, oh yeah, Are We Together, Uh, which we can talk about that later. So I booked all of these things right in a row. And the first day I was shooting for the Kelsey Grammer movie, um playing this part and i remember going to the trailer i had to still take the bus you know i didn't have a car nothing like that lived on my own still was working four jobs to try and you know make money make my own food pay my own rent and they closed the door in the dressing room and i just remember jumping up and down (laughs) in the trailer so much so that it actually shook the trailer at the other end and then there was like another knock Uh, from the AD and he's like miss miss Nicole like uh please if you could just not do that so it was overwhelming it was wonderful I just I'll never forget the joy of that first time of being on set and really like I made it you know Mm. like I I can do this on my own it was it was the best it was the best feeling and you still get that feeling you know um every time you book something but I think that first time was it was the best you know Mm.
1: I mean yeah. you've come you've come away um really from acting um you know over the the, the, the last few years to concentrate on directing and producing I mean yeah. what made you make that decision to leave something that you obviously absolutely love I mean I know that you're still act, still acting now but but I mean to mm. concentrate a bit more on it seems from your IMDB and your projects I mean what fueled yeah. that that decision to to move from in front of the camera to behind it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I never, ever thought that I would be a director. It wasn't something that I was like, I'm going to be an actor and a director and a producer and a writer. Like I had only ever really wanted to be an actor, um, but I had to be a producer out of necessity. That's what I call myself. I don't like producing. I love to let the the producers do their thing. And then with the directing, what really happened was um, my business partner during the pandemic was like, Nicole, I think it's time... <laughs> to start directing like you're already kind of seeing these things you're you're helping produce these films you've helped co-direct a few things um let's put together some stuff let's see how it goes and and so that was great and then I was still kind of thinking about it I started working for this really cool company called Real Arc um out in New York and also Los Angeles and I ended up directing like 20 scenes a week for actors where I was directing and also uh, the cinematographer um, and they put together scenes for actor demo reels. So I was like directing tons of these, having fun. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like I can sit behind the camera and eat the snacks. I don't have to have my hair and makeup done. Like there was all these Of being like behind the camera. Um, And so then I took those and I edited together like a small directing demo reel and I sent it out and I got really lucky and I actually got my first offer to direct um, Romance at Crystal Cove, um, which was shocking to me. This was during the pandemic. This has all really happened very recently. And so I went up to Vancouver, Canada from Los Angeles. Um, and was the cinematographer, uh, who was mentored by Brennan. You came on the set, but I was also the director and the film went really well. And at the end, the company actually offered me an eight picture deal for them, um, mm-hmm. to direct. But I I turned it down because I didn't just want to do rom-com movies. But they're like, can you please do one more for us? And I was like, sure. So I went back to New York. And then I went up and I did one more, which was a a chocolate movie, which was really, really fun. Um, And then they asked me to do another one. But I had to say thank you, no thank you. And I held out. And then last year, I did my action film, uh, which was Sworn Justice with Vivica Fox um, and Michelle Morgan, uh, which was an incredible experience just because you know i have a little bit of car racing and and fight experience and you know i was quite a tomboy growing up so it was really fun to do that stuff um, and next i'm actually doing a thriller uh, a thriller film i'm not allowed to say too too much about it but it's uh we're heading out in march um up to toronto uh to shoot that which i'm really excited about because it's a new genre working in the thriller Um, genre is going to be really exciting. So that's kind of the story, but there was no fight. Like I wasn't like, I'm going to direct now. It's time to do it. There was no decision. I think like directing kind of chose me (laughs) in a way. I truly believe that. And I'm really grateful because a lot of directors, when they work with actors, this, this nervousness And I just don't have it with actors because I acted for so long. So I'm just like, hey, guys, this is what's up. And it really works well. You know, I I love my actors very much.
1: I mean, I mean, obviously you're directing now and you've produced and you've acted. I mean, when starting out, did you have a plan in place on what you wanted to achieve? And is it constantly changing? I mean, what is driving you? Because it just seems like you've got this sort of you've 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 caught this sort of you know thing around about hollywood where you're doing everything which is great and you're enjoying everything i mean have you got a plan
0: so when i first started out my plan was to eat and survive (laughs) it was very very basic it was very basic um and of course, you know, with the right guidance, there's been lots of really lovely people um that I've met in my life. And now I definitely have a plan. I have a five-year plan. Um, I have two more movies uh that I've written that I'll be um directing later this year. I plan on going back. And that little bit that I shared about being on the arranged marriage on the black market in Ireland, I'm writing a movie about that. We have the first draft. And so now I have a plan, and I I do think it's important to really structure your days. I'm huge on um, consistency and habits create your reality, but back then I didn't know. You know, all I knew is that I wanted to be able to get my mom and sister safe, I wanted to buy them a house, I wanted to eat good food and, and be safe. Um, but with the right people that I, I think that I've surrounded myself with and I continually surround myself with, I now have a plan. It doesn't always go the way that I plan, though. I should say that because <laughs> the film industry changes all the time. So while there's a plan, we don't know if it's always going to go to plan.
1: <laughs> I mean, has, has, has there been a point in your career where you've, you've stopped and thought, do you know what, I'm actually – really good at this i I, you know this is this is for me this is my calling i mean have you have you had one of those moments yet or or you know earlier on in your career
0: that's so sweet that's so flattering i i don't think i've had that moment yet you know i'm always striving to do better i'm always striving to tell better movies i'm always striving to do a better job to learn more Um, So I don't think I've had that moment yet. But I do believe with the new script, the two new scripts that I'm working on, where I'll be writer director, I hope that moment's coming, but not yet. Mm. Not yet. Fingers crossed.
1: So (laughs) what is it about directing that you get from doing that, that you don't get from acting? I mean, what is it? Is it a different experience for you in the way of how, how it's rewarding?
0: Absolutely. Directing is something that now that I'm doing it full time, it's a whole new world. And the way that you can tell a story with the camera is just something you can't do as an actor. Because you can manipulate, dare I use that word, how the audience feels when they watch each shot. And that that story that you're telling changes from shot to shot, how you move the camera. You know, I've been shot listing with my cinematographer who's going to be shooting my next movie. And just now that I'm on my fourth movie, I can see like the way that I move the camera to tell stories. It's so interesting. And I continue to learn that and how you can, you know, everything comes from the script. Um, the actor story, how you, you emote, how you tell your story as an actor, but also I feel like the camera is this other character that I've now been acquainted with that I just, I, I'm so passionate about it. So it is definitely different. There is another element. And it's it's important, and I think that it's important to have as many, you know, female directors in the industry that we can. So I think that's a huge thing. I'm taking this cool film history class right now, and last night was on uh, women in Hollywood, and they're just talking about different editors and the different percentages that that are in Hollywood. And I just think it's it's just so important. So there's that aspect. Even if I'm um, what did I think it was? Martin Scorsese or somebody who said, or maybe it was Quentin Tarantino. They're like, "I might not be an amazing first-rate director, but I'm a second-rate. I'm a first-rate, second-rate director." <laughs> He's just talking about like the level that you're at, and I just hope that I can always be the best that I can. Um, I mean, yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, we hear so many horror stories of directors, and I'm not going to yeah. name a few that's in, in the press quite a lot. What kind of director are you? are you? You know, if you had to say, if I had one of your casts from, say, Sworn Justice on, and I said, yeah. Nicole, what sort of a, a director is she? How would you like to be? Um, you know, looked at, like, or or perceived?
0: Yeah, well, I love Michelle Morgan. We became like such great friends. She actually comes and stays at my, my place when she's here in town. She was just here for the Emmys. So we become really good friends. And I think, I think, and I hope that all of my cast would say I'm a really good friend, um, that I'm a director that they can trust because trust is so important. When you're an actor, you really want to make sure that the director is looking out for you, that they're not just obsessed with getting their shots and, and those things. And with the types of movies that we've done, our timelines are a little bit tight. Sometimes now I'm moving into bigger budget stuff. So I have more time, but I think I'm also a director that will just tell an actor how it is. I don't baby my actors because I was an actor. Um, so I am very honest with them. They can trust me, but they will get the truth. Um, and I pride myself in being that kind of director because I I never had the privilege of anybody babying me. And I don't think it helps the story or the movie or anybody involved. I think it's important to just be honest.
1: Mm, I mean, I can imagine the the actors would like, you know, appreciate quite a forward sort of you know, attitude, because, you know, they don't want things sugar-coated and they just want to get down to it and actually get the job done and get that feedback. I mean, I was looking, yeah. I mean, you were talking about women in the industry. And uh, yes. as I mentioned earlier, I've got girls. So, you know, I've I've been looking at opportunities within different industries and I was quite shocked to see women directors. And I've got some statistics here. So 22 yeah percent of all directors are female so 22 percent um 22%, uh, you know that, uh, that's a, a went r- up. sorry
0: that that's went up it says 20 22 percent
1: it says it says here um uh women accounted for 22 percent of all directors writers producers executive producers editors and cinematographers working on the top uh, on the 250 top gracing films this represents yeah. a decline so of two percent from twenty four percent in two thousand and twenty two, which is yeah. which which is shocking to think. I mean, why do you think? I mean, obviously it's it's been a man's world for many many years. Hollywood has you know these big studios. I mean, why do you think it's taken so long for for women to actually take that role as diet? directors because i've had quite a few uh, female directors on this show because i think it's important to hi- hi- highlight that I- I- issue and talk about it so why why do you think it's taking so long
0: yeah so first of all the statistic that you shared it's so interesting because that's all encompassing that's including the editors the producers i believe the statistic for uh female directors just directors is two percent so that it's
1: crazy. Oh. oh, you've got
0: <laughs> balloons. I don't know why that happened. I'm so sorry.
1: Did you put balloons on there or did I?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't and think I've bad. got that. I don't think I've got that ability <laughs> to put balloons on screens. But um yeah, the balloons came at the right like at the the moment you said two percent, which is shocking. Two percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's strange, it's haunted. This interview is haunted. Um, but yeah, that, that is shocking. I mean, 2%. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got Patty that does um, the Wonder Woman movies. But do you think yeah. that indie films and low budget films are the way forwards for, you know, female directors to get seen more? Because the studios are obviously not, you know, mo- moving on diversity.
0: Yeah. You know, I try not to, I'm aware of all of these facts. I'm aware that there is a major issue. I'm educating myself every single day. And I truly hope to be a part of the change of that. But my root belief is that I hope that I will always be hired on my talent, Mm -hmm. that I won't, because there's also things like tax credits. Producers get you know, um, for hiring black and female people of color, um, BIPOC people in the director's chair, they get tax credit. So sometimes you get hired on a job just based on that. And I always like to believe that I'm getting hired based on my talent and my education. And in terms of, you know, females in the industry in and, and studios and the change and, and, and independent film, I think we have to do whatever it is that we have to do, which I know, Brian, isn't really an answer. But for me, in order to get in, I had to do low-budget film to start. I had to, and I had to prove myself. I didn't get to go to film school. Some people will go to film school. Some people will go to AFI. They'll get introductions. They'll, They'll do really, really well. Other people will have to work their way up in the AD department. And I don't think that there is one path for anybody which is really frustrating sometimes when you're starting in this industry because some people, you just want to be like, what do I have to do to make it? What do I have to do to break in? But there's not really an answer because everybody's path is different. And I do see change. I do see, you know, there's so many – amazing movies like the director of Saltburn, Greta with Barbie who I just I absolutely love and we're really, you know, we're we're showing up in a way that is undeniable. And I think that female directors from my experience when I get to chat with others, because you don't always get to chat with other directors because you're always on set. But I do notice we are just a little bit more detail-oriented with our scripts, with our departments, with energy. There's something that a female director can bring to a project that others can't. It's just – it's the same thing if you, you know, you have a certain story – it really is a benefit and so I really try to focus on the positive and I hope that my talent and other female talents that are working in the directing field that it will shine enough that people will just say we're hiring these people based on their talents and nothing more um, because it gets boring when you're focusing on not boring and it's something we need, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, oh, all the men, it's like, well, who's the best person for the job? Who has the yeah. best talent? And yeah. yeah, so that's that's what I, I try to hope will happen. And I do su- see some change of that. Um, I think there needs to be a lot more diversity and 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 things need to change still. But I think we're heading in the right direction slowly, mm-hmm. slowly.
1: Yes, very slow, slowly but sure, sure surely. I mean, what I <laughs> yeah. what I love about movies is um, they they obviously carry powerful messages that challenge an audience's morals, and and I've got to say, movies like Remember the Titans, and which is yeah. one of my favourite movies, and also uh, a movie I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it called The Power of One which was a Morgan Freeman movie with Stephen Dorff. It was based in South Africa. Um, amazing film. But I love the mo- mo- movies that make you come away thinking about things on how to be a better person. Uh, yes. you know, And I just think it's, it's, it's great when we see movies like that. I mean, have you got favourite movies uh, sort of – you know that you 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 are very fond of that that make you th- feel like that.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's really interesting because I watched such interesting movies as a child with my my background and in our home we are watching really interesting things. The movies that I'm the most fond of is you know I love um, Django, I love mm-hmm. Kill Bill, I love. Um, Two very strange movies that I love since I was a child. Of course, Pretty Woman and Top Gun, the original, those two. But I'm really moving into... I love Quentin Tarantino, mm-hmm. his style, Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, oh, of course, um, Avra DuVernay, the 13th, which is completely different. But I believe that those films are exactly what you're talking about. They're films that change our perspective, change how we think, enable us to see the world from a different point of view. And um, yeah. I love Ava DuVernay. She's somebody who is just just incredible.
1: But you also got to work with um, one of your fa- fa- favourites as well in Sworn Justice, which I've got yeah. a post- poster here that I'm going to bring on, on the screen. Um, yeah. I mean, I have seen um, parts of this film, but because I'm in the UK, I can't actually watch it, and it looks amazing. Literally, the <laughs> night the nightclub scene is proper kick-ass. Honestly, there there is nothing better than seeing a female just just dropping all these blokes around her, and she does it so eff eff, eff effortlessly. Um, yeah. But what 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 was that like to work on? And we're, and we're talking about Miss Fox, of course. Um, which is yeah. she's a is great it, so actress.
0: Yeah, so Vivica Fox is in the movie, but the person on the poster that you're seeing is Michelle Morgan. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's an Emmy winner. She was actually the first black Emmy winner in Canada ever uh, for daytime TV. Um, And Vivica Fox was incredible. You know, being able to, I mean, that was a dream come true. When I was an actor, I auditioned no less than probably 40 times to play, you know, everything from her sister to her daughter to just continually <laughs> and never got that opportunity. And then finally got to direct her, which was just incredible. And um, it was, it was awesome. And thank you so much that, that, that club scene is one of my favorite parts of the film. Thank you so much for checking oh, it's, it out.
1: It's, it's, it's the colors and everything. And, I just think it's so well done because I've got a fascination with stunt work. I think what they do, I think, is fantastic. You know the choreography of it and how it's shot as well. Um, you know to make it look a lot more intense and make the the action feel a lot more real. Which uh, from from the footage I've seen was spectacular it really really was and uh you know I want I want to watch it but I can't because it's not in the UK so the majority <laughs> of my viewers and lis- listeners are actually American based and, and based in Canada so how can people watch this can they still watch it I mean how can they because it's on yeah, BET so it- isn't it yeah it's on BET
0: plus Plus. Um, so if you go on BET Plus, you'll be able to find it. It's there, um, and it was kind of our take on like a black diehard, um, and that action sequence. The stunt team was incredible. I worked with them, and when I, I actually co-wrote this film as well, which was really amazing. And when I wrote this stunt sequence that you're talking about, you'll notice that it's kind of two fights back to back um, because we were, you know, we were about the one point three million dollar range for. For this film, I thought for sure the producers would like cut out part of the fight because it was so long. And so when I wrote that fight sequence, I actually wrote two fight sequences back to back in hopes that, oh, if one gets cut, I'll still have this really kick-ass. That's very good awesome. thinking. But they didn't cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have this like awesome, super long incredible fight sequence which i'm like i was just so happy that we got to keep it and then we killed it i really love that fight sequence as well and the opening scene um i'm not sure Uh, i'll try to send you that as well um so you can check it out
1: yeah send me anything i love to watch uh things and and you know the footage i saw um was um when they're in the warehouse um is that is that is that that the start
0: yeah, that's the opening scene. So I did a cold open where it just opens with that. So there's no titles, nothing. It just opens with that sequence, um, which was really fun. And, you know, that location was such it. You talk about horror stories in film. I'll tell you a little story. So basically, we found this incredible warehouse that looked like complete underground, like it was a narcos, like perfect. It had cars. It had barrel. It had everything going on. The day before we were supposed to shoot that sequence, that warehouse pulled out and my producer had to like show me this other warehouse. He's like, that pull the warehouse has decided they're not available. Something's happened, but this warehouse is available. And I was like, oh my gosh. So we had to like, I had to reblock. All of the scenes with my cinematographer, we reworked because we had done shots. We had, you know, we we're getting ready to shoot. So yeah, that warehouse was last minute, and it's actually a paper warehouse that you're watching the beginning of the film um, take place oh, wow. in. It's all paper. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow, and we learned the secrets <laughs> yeah. here on the show that it was all paper. See, that's that is movie magic right there, uh, because yeah. you wouldn't have guessed, and and it's a great oh. Opener because i didn't realize that that was the opening you see because the footage i saw i thought that was like a bit yeah. of a thingy but yeah it was oh brilliant and a great cast as well obviously the lead but the other cast as well uh some recognizable fa- faces that i recognized straight away uh which which yeah. was great uh from from some of the villains from the beginning as well um which is awesome i mean i mean obviously you've done quite a lot i've got uh, a few uh other pictures here and um, uh, Henry's glasses as well. Uh, I've watched oh. a bit of a, tra- a trailer of that, like a bit, a bit, a bit of a snippet. Which it looks such a sweet film, and the little yeah. kid in it. Oh my days! If I could adopt, you know, really he's nice.
0: Really big now. I think he's like <laughs> seventeen now. That Is little it? boy. This film was one of the first films I ever produced. Um, Oh my gosh, and my business partner, Brendan ugama we had just bought the camera. We it was this this film started our entire career. Um uh-huh. very special film. And we actually were very honored to shoot because it's about the Japanese internment camp um, that happened in Canada, but we actually shot on the actual grounds of Tashme um wow. and we're honored and and there's actually a museum there that we helped put all of the things that we gathered and there's copies of the film now on those grounds um yeah that film was really special that was a really it was really hard though too we lived up a mountain for like four months and we built we built six of those homes by ourselves yep yeah producer so, uh, out of an so
1: we <laughs> so it's not all glamorous as the audience think you uh suffer for your for, for, for your craft um, and then um
0: and then available to watch
1: as 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 well on YouTube uh is is black chicks um, which which I will be watching straight after af, after this interview because um what I like about it is filmed in black and white which I think is quite nice and I quite like things in black and white. It's quite weird, isn't it? How we've gone back in time, like very retro. And with this, am yeah. I right in saying you, you worked with, uh, is it Neil, Neil i Am I right yeah. in saying, say, saying that from um, Fear the Night that he's just had out with Maggie Q and obviously Van Helsing. Um, I mean, what was that like to work on? Um, you know, with him as well and learning as you went on as well.
0: Yeah, this is one of the films that I've produced and, and starred in that I'm actually the most proud of. Um, and I believe we made Black Chicks before it's time. And it's, talk about a film that's going to make you think. I'll be very curious after you watch it. Let me know, send me an email. Let yeah, me know yeah, what I you will think. Um, Because I think a lot of people, they don't know what to think. Um, so I won't say too much. Working with Neil was absolutely incredible. So I had been working um, at a studio putting up this play, actually, because it's actually a play. Um, and Neil Labute was working with my business partner, Brennan Ugama on Van Helsing. And I had emailed Neil and I was like, hey, I'm working on this play in L.A. Um, what do you think if we make it into a short film? You know, we can shoot it. We have the cameras. We'll do everything. And he emailed back, he's like, sure, let's do it. So it was another moment where I was like, dream come true, wasn't expecting that. My business partner was kind of like hey you emailed Neil I guess it's happening I'm like yep it's happening um and we <laughs> kind of happened really quick I took a little a little brave step forward and took a risk and it worked out well but this is actually one of the the films that I I've made that I am the most proud of and I hope to make more films like this that spark uh conversations
1: mm. I mean I can't wait to watch it I start I started to watch it and then Obviously, I got the timing wrong, which is my 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 fault for the interview. Um, but I will be going straight back to it. Um, so I mean, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, you you as a director and a, as an actor, do you think it helps you uh, greatly knowing what it's like to be in front of the camera to actually be behind the camera? Because there's a lot of directors out there that have never stepped in front of a camera in, unless it's for like a cheeky cameo. You know what I mean? So
0: it's huge. It's absolutely huge because you know what the actor is. You might not know exactly what that person is feeling, but you can understand what they're going through. Especially if you know we have like a lot. We had a lot of love scenes in Sworn Justice. There was a lot of intimate scenes, and so there's a there's an understanding of knowing that they're being so vulnerable. They're being so Mm -hmm. sensitive, or In the fight sequences, when the stunt people are working, but the actor, you want them to do a few. And you can see, like, the actor can do it. and They want to do it. You can feel that energy. And so I would say to Michelle, I'm like, hey, do you want to try this one? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so with the safety people there, you know, she would get a few of the shots in. And and so there is a great understanding that I'm so grateful. I, I do believe it makes me a stronger director, having been in front of the camera and had those experiences, um, but I also think it might make me a, um, I'm a very straight shooter director as well. You know, like I was talking about earlier, they're not going to get, my actors don't get babied from me because I know what they're going through. I I feel like most of the time I know and I'm very aware um, of the actor's experience just because I've had it so often myself.
1: Mm. I mean, you've worked, you've worked with so many great people, I've got to say, from Robert Redford, James Cameron, James Franco, Seth Roken, Nicholas Cage, the list goes on and on and on. Um, I mean, along with working with them um, and obviously your amazing career to date, have you got like a favourite moment that you'll always cherish, that one single moment that, that, that stands, stands out as your shining moment of your career?
0: Yeah, it's with Nicolas Cage. That was just, that was awesome. You know, the part was written for a man. Um, and I still, I found the audition myself. At that time, I had kind of been taking a little bit of a break. But I saw this part and I thought, you know what? I, I, screw it. I don't know if we can swear here. I have a oh, little sure. bit of a... <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm auditioning for this part. This part is me. So I auditioned. Um, and the casting, actually, uh, I had auditioned for one other part and then I wanted to audition for this part as well. And the casting director was lovely. They allowed me to do it, but they're like, it's, it's written for a man, but sure. Um, so it was very kind of them because usually that doesn't happen. You know, they wouldn't kind of allow that, but they did and they loved it and they loved it so much so that they called me back to audition for the director. Uh, sean and the, and the producers and they loved it and they rewrote the part from male to female for me um and i have like you know this experience with Nicolas cage and it was just so good because at the end of our first day shooting he's like great job kid and i just i'll never forget that like i was just like oh you know <laughs> i like, say it again
1: amazing. i want i want to i want to record it say it again <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. so I could play it on repeat yeah. how amazing is yeah. that 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 they changed the role from a man to a woman. Um, yeah, so I so see you...
0: little sparks of that in our industry, you know, like little moments where where you, you see that happen and just that it was such a, you know, it was a big part to have all of those scenes with Nick Cage and, and that they changed it. It was, it was, it was freaking awesome.
1: Did you feel like the magic after the audition? I mean, when you went in there, I mean, and you went away, did you feel like as if you know, you delivered such a performance that, that, you know, something was going to happen.
0: I mean, I'm very, I prepare obsessively. So whether I'm directing or acting, like I I prepare, so I know it so well. and, And I believe in preparing obsessively so that you can throw it out. And so you just never know. With acting, like you just never know. You go in and you do the best you can, but there are those parts that are written for you. There's just those parts that where you're like, I've, I've lived part of this or I have this experience or you're in the right headspace. And I did feel like I was the rightful person to tell that story. I felt like it was mine. Um, but you still never know. Sometimes there's other, and I know this from being on the other side as a director, sometimes there's really interesting things, like maybe you look too much like the lead character who's co-starring with them, or maybe you don't, whatever. There's all of these other elements. Maybe you don't live in the right tax jurisdiction for the film. Like There's all of these different things that go into play, so you just never really know, and I think... Um, you know, what will be will be, but that one, I really, I felt it and I was very, very grateful. I'll never forget working on that. And I remember buying, we uh, shot in wine country um, in a place called Kelowna, um, outside of Vancouver where all these beautiful wineries are. And I just, cause Nicolas Cage is a huge wine drinker. So I remember getting him a really nice bottle of wine um, and giving it to him at the end. And yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience.
1: Do you know what Nicholas Cage was in the English press not long ago? Because he just randomly turned up in like a country pub uh, in yeah. in 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 the middle of the country for a drink, and everyone yeah. was like, "What the hell?" I mean, this is Nicholas Cage.
0: It's very so. laid back. He's very chill. Like when we were on set, he would just sit at because he was. I think he was shooting like three or five movies back to back. So he never really went back to his trailer. He would just be sitting there learning his lines. Very method, very like stayed in. I'm a little bit method when I act too, safely of course. And that sounds just, that sounds like him, (laughs) very much like him. I'm not surprised.
1: And (laughs) also talking about sworn justice, how long shooting period did you have? Because I'm starting to learn that there quite, quite a lot of movies now are shot over a very short period of time that would scare yeah. the hell out of me as a, di- a director. I mean, how how, yeah. how many days of principal shooting did you have on that?
0: I had 13 days.
1: Ah, 13 <laughs> days! Which, oh, which is crazy. the
0: longest. Yeah, it's, it's the longest that I've had. So those types of movies in that budget range are usually shot between like 12 to 14 days, but they're usually not action films because we had car chases, we had stunts, we had... We had, you know, we had Vivica A. Fox coming out. (laughs) Like, it was a very ambitious, ambitious shoot. But my, um, I'm very grateful for my producers, Rebecca and Miles, and also Bess Stevenson. Um, And BET was so supportive. Um, There's a gentleman that works at BET, Renee and Marvin, who just supported me so much. Um, Renee even came up um, to Canada with me and was on set. But yeah, it was... It was freaking crazy, you know, and you hear about these these people getting like 24 days for feature films and $20 million. I'm like, sign me up. It's about time, boss.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. how <laughs> dare they have that much time? Do you know what I mean? They're all just sat at craft services, just relaxing while you're running around like a headless chicken uh, trying to get everything done. Bless you. I mean, I've got a couple of more questions before we bid farewell. Uh, I mean, you're yeah. obviously very, very busy like literally it just seems like you don't stop um so for example after sworn justice you know over those days of shooting how do you unwind how do you relax how do you find your your inner zen um when you finish working
0: yeah so there's usually like a week where i literally do nothing (laughs) like i'll come home but i don't believe that for a second yeah. Well, you have to go straight into editing. So you get like, you know, there's like a little break. And Sworn Justice, I was really lucky because we finished on, I think, the 22nd. So the next day was Christmas. So I just went back with my family and just enjoyed Christmas, which was really nice. Lots of really great food. Um, and then we started editing after the Christmas holidays but for the next film that I'm shooting here in March I think we end shooting on my birthday actually where the last day is on March 29th Um, and then I think we have the weekend and then on the Monday we'll start editing right away Um, so it doesn't really stop you kind of you start editing and during editing usually your, your managers and producers are having you take meetings or you're kind of starting to find the next job you know you might go on to do a TV episode or something like that and it's really about making sure that when you're doing this you don't feel like you're working because I feel like I'm not working like my I'd rather be on set every day than sitting at home it's my it's really my happy place because it's the place that saves me you know like every time I get on a film set I'm like oh I get to do this it's such a joy so I want more everybody it's interesting because a lot of people are like Nicole you're so busy you're doing so much and I'm like I feel like I'm not doing anything like I feel like I'm just I'm like oh yeah but that's what we do
1: but I suppose the moment that it starts feeling like work that's when you've got to be asking yourself am I enjoying it because you know everyone would love a job where it just feels like you're having fun and you're enjoying every single moment of it Um, before I get to the last question I've got to put on your Instagram Uh, which is just there for all the viewers uh, to follow you, to get all your updates and um, look at all your uh, amazing pictures. Um, I I wish I would look that good uh, in front of a photographer, um, you know, but um, my best side is the backside. Um, (laughs) So uh, follow Nicole (laughs) on. Now that I'm behind
0: the camera, I know how to work the camera. So
1: There we go. Um, But yeah. Follow Nicole, uh, find out all our upcoming uh, projects. Um, but the last question is maybe sort of like a segue to your autobiography, because I normally ask my guests, if your life was a movie, what title would it have?
0: Oh, Which
1: could be yeah. potentially the name of your so, book.
0: I You can't see, but I have like my work board where I pin up like all of my stuff. So there's the next movie I'm working on. And the next two movies, and then this little picture, is the book. There's not much up there yet. Um, but the name of the the book is going to be The Life Story You Won't Believe.
1: There you go. And, and, and have we got any inkling of when it might be out? I mean, is it just...
0: Uh, so we I have an editor right now going through I think by the end of 2024 2025 it will be published and out for people um, to to read which is crazy oh,
1: That it's is going to be great yeah. when you when you receive that first box from the publisher you'll have to do one of those videos where you open it up and you've got your book there that 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 will be such a surreal experience you know experience experience um but i'd love to have you on um you know in the future when your book comes out we can have a talk oh, a talk Lord. about that book and i promise i will buy the book uh because i love my autobiographies um i love inspirational well, stories you. Oh, bless you only if you sign it that would be fantastic uh because <laughs> i i love signed signed copies uh But Nicole, you've been a great guest. It's been absolutely a joy to have you on the show. And I look forward to having you on the show in the future. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. It was so much fun being here. This is great. Thank you for listening to Be More Super, the podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by PropStore.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with Be More Super and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at Be More Super The Podcast and on Twitter at Be More Super. Keep safe and stay super.